I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be sharing with you lessons I've learned and conversations I've had that will help you become who you want to be together. Today, I'm talking about forgiveness and fun in marriage with guests Aaron and Jamie Ivey. Most people I know would say that marriage is hard. Even my friends with the best marriages have shared with me their frustration and doubts about their relationship. Many times, just when we get into a good rhythm, something changes. Sometimes those changes occur because of what we've chosen, such as having kids, moving out of state, or taking a new job. Other times, decisions are made for us, like the loss of a loved one, or our kids growing up, or a global pandemic that strips away many of the things that we've placed our identity in. That added stress can cause our relationships with our spouse to become a burden. But what if it doesn't have to be that way? What if our marriage was fun, adventurous, and meaningful, and our greatest asset in navigating the ups and downs we face? I don't know about you, but I want to have a marriage where my husband and I complement each other and bring out the best in one another. Not a bland, lifeless, it's all downhill from here kind of marriage. And I'm guessing that I'm not the only one. So I invited Aaron and Jamie Ivey on the podcast to talk with us about what they've learned over the 20 years of their marriage. They just came out with a new Bible study and book duo called Compliment. In it, they share funny, real-life stories alongside scripture and biblical wisdom to provide their unique perspective on 10 different themes. Love, serve, cheer, lead, follow, fight, forgive, sex, parent, and mission. Wow, that's a lot of areas that I could sure use some encouragement in. In our conversation, the Ivy share what forgiveness looks like in a marriage and family, how to keep having fun together, and what it means to not just survive, but be on mission together. Are you struggling to keep track of everything that's going on in your family? I get it. Managing everyone's expectations and schedules can be challenging. However, a regular family meeting can change that. These weekly check-ins enable you to approach each week with purpose and more connected to one another. If you need help getting started, download our free family meeting packet, which includes sample agendas and discussion topics. Go to www.buildyourbestfamily.com to get your copy today. Today, I'm talking with Aaron and Jamie Ivey. Aaron is the pastor of worship and creativity at the Austin Stone Church in Austin, Texas, where he leads a team of creatives that he claims are hands down the best creatives in the world. He's been leading worship for over two decades and takes great joy in introducing people to Jesus. He is the author of Steal Away Home, a songwriter, artist, elder, father, husband, and mentor, and has a deep love for his family and community. Jamie has been running Ivy Media for seven years, where she creates and produces two podcasts and a YouTube show. The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast launched in 2014 from her dining room table, where she interviewed her friends and thought only her mom and Aaron would listen. It has gone on to have over 30 million downloads, and she has interviewed over 400 guests. In 2020, Aaron and Jamie together launched their podcast, On the Other Side. Jamie and Aaron Ivy to the podcast. It's fantastic to have you here today. Thanks for Thank having you. Us. So a question that we ask all our guests is what is your family known for? 
You know, Jamie and I were actually just talking about this last night. And one word came to both of our minds like instantly. We didn't have to really think about it. And the word is hospitality. Mm-hmm. I think our I think our family truly is known for being hospitable. We love having people in our home. That's one mm-hmm. thing that's been so hard about like this pandemic is, you know, it's been nine months since we've had like people in our home gathering yeah. um, other than our really close friends. So we just love having people at our table. We love preparing food for people. We love creating spaces where people can actually dialogue. And we try to have people in our home and our life that look different than us, think different than us. And we just absolutely have seen how hospitality has been like the catalyst for us growing and for other people to find the space to grow to. So besides smaller gatherings, have you shifted how you do hospitality these days? Is there anything creative that you've come up with to stay connected to people? I mean, I would say one of the biggest things that has, you know, changed for us is right before well, last January, we had someone move in with us. And so poor guy, I'm like, he shows up to our house and then a pandemic hits. And so <laughs> we're quarantining together. And, you know, it's like, oh, you really are a part of the family now because we can't go anywhere. And so yeah. I feel like that has been something new for us is like this, this, this idea of hospitality with someone who is with us a lot now. And it's not like every day we're like, Hey, let's, you know, figure out how we can serve him. And and we do, but it's a new thing for our family and Mm -hmm. we're all enjoying it um, in a new way that I think was perfect for 2020. Yeah. You know, we had a little while back, a friend of ours came to stay with us for three weeks in between two living situations. And it was interesting to live out hospitality with someone that's in your home 24 seven and what that looked like and what it means to be comfortable around somebody, but also to serve them at the same time, to make them feel at home, but also to make them feel like a guest. And so I think that was such a great stretching process for us as a family. So I can imagine just how amazing that experience was for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's been great. I think overall this year, it's caused us to really focus in on uh, a few people where Mm -hmm. before we would just have lots of people in and out of our home yeah, it's really cool to just like focus in on, I don't know, maybe less than 10 people, you know, with hospitality that are always here. Yeah. Um, the guy that Jamie's talking about, you know, he's in a serious dating relationship. And so she's always here too. And so it's been cool for our family to have like a little bit more focus, like, okay, these are the people right now that, that, yeah. that are in our life for a reason. How do we be really good stewards of this time in this season and pour into the few, you know? Yeah. It's been really cool. Yeah, it's a perfect example of going deep instead of wide. Right. Right. Yeah, I think that pand- this pandemic has definitely done that for us as well. Mm. All right, so you guys are here to talk to us about your new marriage project called Compliment. So tell me about what prompted you guys to write this. Jamie and I always swore that we would never write a marriage book. Um, <laughs> we've said we're not going to write a marriage book and we won't write a parenting book. So far, we haven't done parenting, right? Um, and I'm not writing a parenting book. <laughs> we, we don't feel like experts on marriage at all by any stretch, mm-hmm. but we are really passionate about our own marriage being strong and fun and um, thriving. And we're really passionate about other people's marriages too. I think we've seen throughout you know, we've been married for almost 20 years. And even before we were married, we saw a lot of marriages that were just kind of bland or stale, Mm -hmm. kind of apathetic with each other. They fall in love, they have an amazing wedding, and then they find themselves 10, 15 years later, not even having fun anymore. And Jamie and I made a decision early on that that's not the kind of marriage we wanted to have. And we've seen throughout the years, a few that come to mind 
where they're, they're, you know, in their 40s or 50s or 60s, and they've maybe raised some kids, sent some kids off into the world, and they still love each other and have so much fun together. And so it, it was a challenge for us to try to build a marriage like that. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, we do have that kind of marriage. Like we, we genuinely have fun with each other and have seen our marriage be used not just for our own good, our own enjoyment, but for the good of other people around us. Mm-hmm. And so we just wanted to, we wanted to help. I think a, a, a very real need in our culture right now is just help. Like, how do you date in a, a way that's like right? And how do you mm-hmm. get married in a way where you're complimenting the other person and bringing out the best in the other person, not pushing the other one down, but elevating the other person. And so this whole book, it walks through 10 things specifically that we've learned through marriage and how I can bring out the very best in Jamie and Jamie Mm -hmm. can bring out the very best in me, like two complementary colors where each color on its own is cool. But when you see complementary colors come together, it's like, oh, wow, that's what makes a painting so beautiful. Yeah, Um, that's, That's what we're hoping that we can uh, offer as a help to people. Yeah. I also think that one of the things that we saw a lot was this kind of like conflicting messages, like culture tells you one thing that marriage is supposed to look like. And sometimes we even say, maybe culture doesn't take marriage at its worth that it should be. Like we see that, that God tells us. And then we also would feel conflicting messages within church. Like, what does it look like to be mm-hmm. a wife who supports her husband? And what does it look like to be a husband who supports his wife? And we just found that a lot of people are going, we don't really understand what that actually means because we've right. seen our parents. And then we see these people on TV and then I hear something from the pulpit. And so we just went to like really look and be like, okay, what does it look like for us to follow what God set out for us? And how do we be that type of marriage who is for each other and for their marriage? And that's what we hope to do, because that's what we're striving to do is, you know, how do we continue to love each other in a way that, you know, gives value and worth to the other person and also Mm -hmm. is like, hey, God, God was up to something really cool when he created this for us. Yeah. I know that there's a lot of messages that we're hearing, but I I get frustrated when I don't hear like examples, like of what it really looks like, like these hypotheticals, you know, like if I'm in my marriage class and I hear about these nice little stories that get wrapped up in bows at the end of it. And, but that's not how real life works. And so not real life, (laughs) which is why, yeah, which is why our book that we wrote, you know, we each wrote two separate books. I'm not sure mm -hmm. if you know this, Kimberly, but it's two books than one, which is really, really cool. And neither one of us read each other's books before we sent them off to, yeah, like we were like, you write yours, I'll write mine. But we wanted it to have real life stories. So, you know, there's there's ways we've screwed up. There's, you know, ways that we thought we've done well. And we wanted it to feel like you're sitting down with a couple who's going, hey, mm-hmm. we believe in you. Here's a little bit of our story. Here's what we've learned. Here's what we've seen. And so the book is very much as in, hey, Aaron and Jamie, these, these are your friends. They are for you. They're cheering you on and they want to invite you into this. And then there's a Bible study that kind of goes deeper into yeah. God's word and what he says about it. Yeah. You made a really good point. Like there are so many like theories on how to do this or advice in how to do it. And mm-hmm. one thing that Jamie and I were committed to because our, our two books, right. And one are the same 10 chapters. So we wrote a chapter on fighting and a chapter on sex and a chapter on forgiving. And the commitment we made was like, let's be just super honest. Let's be really honest in how this has played out in our life. And there were some chapters that were really hard to write because there have been some things that that I've done really poorly as a husband. And so I was honest about that because I think when we do see people's honest stories and you put that up against like what God wants and how God actually has this immense amount of wisdom for how we should incorporate 
his way into our life. Yeah. Uh, it's powerful when you see those two things together. So yeah, I hope it's helpful for people to go, oh, okay, my, maybe my marriage isn't that bad. Or maybe maybe this is a, something really helpful that I can do because my marriage is bad, that there's like real stories yeah. that people in their journey. And what I think too, you were talking about earlier, uh, seeing these marriages that were kind of just bland and you guys decided that that's not what you wanted. I, I, I think that it's fantastic to hear examples of marriages that are thriving because I think too many of us think, well, this is just as, as good as it gets. My yeah. husband and I talked about some of the marriages in our families, and we've talked about how we're so thankful to see that they're still together and they stood the test of time. But then when we were, then we talked about it more and we were like, but do we know anybody that really, really likes each other? Mm. Or are they just honoring their commitment, making the best of it? And, you know, we said, that's not what we want either. We want to hear stories of people that are loving their marriage, thriving in their marriage. I want to know like that it's possible. And I yeah. think now more than ever, it's so good to hear those stories of possibility. It's Absolutely. so good. And I think that's what God wants from us. I mean, God is not looking at us being like, hey, I'm going to put you two together. And let me tell you, you're going to hate it. You know, like yeah. he has something better for us in store. And we also come to the table of like, hey, listen, we've been married almost 20 years. We have four teenagers. Let mm -hmm. me tell you what's difficult in life like keeping up with the marriage. You know, what's yeah. hard is two working parents coming home at the end of the day and then having to like not just be roommates and business partners and, yeah. you know, live in the same house. Like it takes work. But I always say like anything that's worth doing takes work. Like you don't get mm -hmm. like good stuff for free. You know, you have to work at it. And that's yeah. also an encouragement that we want to give is, hey, it matters. The small things matter. The big things matter. But it's worth your time and your investment because you can have what you're talking about, Kimberly. You can yeah. have that fun, thriving marriage. You can like each other after 25, 30 years. We've seen it and we know it's possible. Yeah. So I really want to talk a little bit more about forgiveness because I'm 20 years in too. And there's a lot of water on the bridge when you get to that point. And so how... Talk to us about practically what it looks like to forgive. Aaron says, in marriage, you'll have to forgive and you'll have to forgive often. And then he goes on to say, you'll have to forgive your spouse in more ways and in more times than they deserve. And I can get tripped up on this. Like it's, it's harder. It shouldn't be maybe, I don't know. It's a little bit harder to forgive 20 years in because you're like, you should know better. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have to tell you this again. Just talk to us about what that looks like practically. And then even like whether it's individually forgiving and then coming together to work through that process of forgiveness. Sure. Honestly, the first couple of years of our marriage was so easy. We had that marriage that like it just worked. We mm. had fun together all the time. We look back on 20 years ago and we're like, what, what did we do? You know, we, we didn't have like really busy jobs. We just had fun together all the time. And we didn't really hit hard seasons in our marriage until year 10. And then this mm -hmm. last year in 2020, 2020 was the hardest year of our entire marriage. Wow, and yeah. I think like a global pandemic paid in, played into that, but also you just kind of sink into, okay, we've been doing this for 20 years now. It's easy to kind of let the, the, the foot off the, the gas, you know, of mm -hmm. like really fighting for each other and, and being honest with each other. And so we had to learn maybe more than any other season, what it meant to forgive each other, because in that season of quarantine and pandemic that, you know, when we were in the thick of it, man, there were so many things that I did that were hurtful to Jamie that I had to actually ask her to forgive me. And I think where it starts is like being really honest with each other and being honest in the moment, not stuffing anything down. 
but to have a kind of friendship and relationship where you can enter into that and go, hey, when you did this, it was really hurtful to me. You might not have even known you did it, but I want to tell you because I love you so much. Mm -hmm. And choosing to forgive someone, whether they deserve it or not, is so critical in marriage. And it all goes back to like us truly believing the amount of forgiveness that God has shown us. You know, if you, if some people have the crazy story of all the bad things they've done, and then other people are like, well, I kind of grew up in church. I don't have a whole lot of things that I've done wrong. But in everybody's story, the fact that a pure, holy, perfect God could ever forgive me and love me and chase after me is craziness, right? And so I don't think you can truly show forgiveness to anybody until you first realize the depth to which you have been Mm -hmm. forgiven. That God Mm -hmm. is just crazy about you. He's in love with you. And that meant to forgive sin. So I think it starts with that. And then just being super, super honest with each other in the moment has been very helpful for Jamie and I. Not, Mm -hmm. Not sitting on it, not stuffing it, not just kind of blowing it off, but going, I was wounded by this. And creating a conversation where that can actually be, you know, talked about. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. And so... How do you then teach this to your kids? So like the inner workings of a marriage, some mostly happen behind closed doors. And so sometimes I'm not, if I'm talking to my husband about some way he's hurt me and not necessarily doing it in front of the kids. So how do we model that when it comes to relationship and marriage? Because I definitely want my kids, I have teens too, when they leave and enter into relationships to know what that looks like practically. How have you modeled that to your kids or taught that to your kids? You know, I think it's a good question because we want to have all kinds of conversations with our kids. Like we've always said, nothing's off the table at, you know, dinner table. But I'll tell you this last year, I would say it was really difficult because there's this, on one hand, you want to, like, you know, you're talking about, let your kids know, here's what's happening, all the things. But on the other hand, you're like, this is grown up stuff, you know, like this is between mom and dad. But I definitely think that my, our kids have probably seen us, you know, they've seen us quarrel in front of each other. They've seen us ask for forgiveness in front of each other. And they've seen us hug and make up in front of each other. Mm. Now, maybe they're not seeing those ginormous blow up things because, you know, that would not, we would not want them to see that. But I think we have modeled to our kids this idea of, hey, when you hurt someone, you do have to apologize. And, you know, beyond them just seeing us do it, we've always talked to them also about, you know, when you're telling someone that you're sorry for someone, whether whether we always say, like, whether you think you did it or not, like, you, you still owe them apology if they're telling you that you hurt them. And that's something mm-hmm. that we've had to do in our marriage as well is, like, listen, I, I if you think, like, okay, I don't think I really did anything that bad. But my husband's telling me that really hurt my feelings when you did that. Whether I think he's right or wrong, I need to apologize for the fact that I hurt my husband. And so that's kind of what we're also trying to teach our kids as well. Whether you think what you did was right or wrong, there's this, you know, there's this idea that we have hurt their hearts. And for that, we need to step into that with them and and apologize Mm -hmm. for how you hurt them. Because what I don't want is I don't want my words to harm anybody, you know, and Mm -hmm. to think that my words could harm my husband or my kids. I would never want that. And so when you build this safe place of having the ability to say, Aaron, those words, they really hurt me, you know. And so when we've built that safe place, then he also knows, okay, I should apologize for hurting her because I never want to hurt my wife. And so we've tried Mm -hmm. to do that with our kids, even in their, you know, there's four of them. And so there's, there's, there's a a squabble going on every single day, you know, between somebody Mm -hmm. in the house. And so trying to build that with them then as well. You know, it also has been helpful too. Like, I don't remember my parents ever asking me to forgive them for something. You know, I I just don't remember that culture 
being present in my family. And one thing that Jamie and I, we really try to do like consistently is to admit when we've done something wrong to mm-hmm. our kid. So, mm-hmm. I remember it happened a couple weeks ago. I had kind of said something really sharp to our oldest son while one of his friends was there. And I could see on his face that he felt embarrassed by it. And immediately I pulled him aside and I was like, man, I am so sorry I said that. I should have never said anything like that to you that I thought would be funny, but I could tell that it was like really embarrassing for you. And to do that in front of your friends, man, I'm so sorry. And then to also say, will you forgive me? Like I asked him, dude, straight up, would you please forgive me? And he's like, of course, yeah, no big deal. But having that sort of culture, not just in marriage, but like you're asking, how do you model it to your kids? I think it's modeling it by like actually being self-aware of, oh, you know what? I am a grown man, but I just, I just hurt one of my kids by something I said or I did. Would you forgive me? Yeah. Yeah, it's great. And I think it's refreshing to hear that we, 20 years in, we don't, we're not going to have it all figured out and it's okay right. if we don't have it figured out. Cause I feel at times like maybe I should, like maybe I, <laughs> but seasons change. The obstacles that we face are different than the obstacles we faced last year. And it is an ever growing journey that we're on. And so, yeah, I think that's refreshing to know that you had a good, you said, you said at 10 years, it was hard. And now at 20 years at heart, it, it, it's good to know that you can have a good run and still need to start over and learn those lessons again and humble yourself again to be in that relationship with the person that you love. Well, and it's like, I was, I was talking to my counselor yesterday and we were talking about some, some marriage things. And we kind of came to the conclusion that I don't know, Kimberly, if you've ever done CrossFit, have you ever done CrossFit? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like when you have not done CrossFit and then you show up to CrossFit, you leave and the next day you wake up and you think, I didn't even know I could hurt in this place. Like where does this muscle ever exist in my body? Yeah. And we just said that like, it's like you get to, like you said, these new seasons, these new obstacles, parenting teenagers is way different than parenting four-year-olds. Yeah. Uh, and you have to use new muscles. And so I look back and I'm like, man, sometimes marriage is just like figuring out that you have to walk through things that you hadn't walked through before, mm-hmm. but it's like CrossFit. The more you keep going, you know, in, you know, well, not for yeah. me, for some people in a couple <laughs> weeks, for me, a couple of months, you're like, oh, I can use these muscles. I can do this. And I think that's what so much of marriage is because the first year doesn't look the same as the 10th year yeah. or the 15th or the 20th. And everyone's circumstances are different, but it's that keep showing up, keep yeah. moving keep being yeah. committed to it that matters. Yeah. So I'm curious, how do you guys keep having fun together? So I, I thought that I really wanted to focus on forgiveness and fun today, because I think those are the two things that I'm having to learn this past year in the pandemic. I feel like many of the things that were just easy to have fun doing have been taken away. And so mm-hmm. how, how do we cultivate fun with our spouse so that we have just the all the pieces of the pie? Yeah. You know, it's so funny because we we address this uh, in the book. It's so funny that like when you're when you're dating someone, you don't have to think about how do we foster a relationship of fun. <laughs> it's the most natural thing in the world. You want to be around that person all the time. You yeah. do epic dates, you plan getting flowers and getting your car washed. Like fun is the element that dating is really like built on, like friendship, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But it's it's just it's funny to me how now, you know, 20 years later, we we do have to go, okay, how do we make sure we're having fun? I think it starts there with like realizing I should still be dating my spouse. Dating doesn't stop whenever you put a ring on a finger, but you should have a lifestyle of yeah. dating, pursuing each other. It's not the same giddy feeling, you know, some of the 
early feelings of like infatuation with each other, they wear off over time, just like any friendship does, but it takes like being super intentional. So Jamie and I, we have a standing date night every single week. That's on both of our iCals that if we can, if we can control it, like nothing takes that spot. And we actually like get dressed up and leave the house and go somewhere. We've been doing that for 20 years. And when we Mm. were, you know, had little babies or both of us had just part-time jobs and we were scraping by to, to make ends meet. We didn't go on epic date nights, but we would pack a sandwich and chips and go to the park. But intentionally doing weekly date nights has been absolutely huge for Jamie and I. Mm-hmm. And then I think the other thing I would say is just like not taking yourself or your life like too serious, but like still being a kid at heart, you know? Mm-hmm. It's easy when you have older kids to see everything as like, serious and every day we've got to make sure we're doing everything right but to just go back to the kind of the childlike friendship that you used to have where it's like you know let's just let's go for a walk the kids will be fine let's leave them you know just like being really intentional about this this all started with friendship and fun Mm. i think something that i think is good for people to remember too is like if you look back on like you know, most people, there's exceptions to this, obviously, but if you look back to most people, when they are dating, they're young. The, 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 the things that they had on their life, their pressures are, were so minimal compared to our lives now. I mean, we were in college, you know, it was just like so fun. And we had part-time jobs. I lived with my parents. The cares I had about my life were pretty slim. Okay. It was yeah. like, you know, <laughs> what am I going to wear to my next college class is what we're dealing with here. And then as you're married for longer, you add things, you know, again, typical, there's exceptions, but you're adding children and then you're adding jobs and then somebody gets laid off and then somebody gets sick. And then now you've got teenagers. And let me tell you, every week you get an email that their school needs a hundred more dollars from them. You just have all of these pressures that get added. And yeah. so I think sometimes those pressures can feel like they're kind of coming in on you. And the easiest thing to let go of is each other because mm-hmm. we just got to take care of these other things. And so I don't want to ever minimize those pressures because we feel them. They're real. But I think it takes, like I said earlier, it's this intentionality that when life gets hard, when the babies are crying, when the teenagers don't want to come home for curfew, when all these things happen, like you just have to remember that we're in this together. You know, Aaron and I talk all the time about, you know, you know, in like seven years, Kimberly, they're all gone. Like we're here, just the two of us. And what yeah. we never want is for us to wake up, you know, the morning after our last kid leaves for college and look at each other and go, well, what do we do now? Honestly, Aaron yeah. and I are going to party. We're going to have the best time. Like we are, we are together and don't worry about us. We'll Date be Date night fine. every night. Yeah. Date night every night. And so I think it's that kind of changing that mentality of, listen, you're my person. And listen, the kids are going to come and go. Like mamas that are listening, you got little kids. I hate to break it to you. Like they're going to leave your house one day. Finances are going to change. All these things are going to change. But when you say at the, at the, you know, the foundation of this family is our marriage. I think you have to think about it that serious. And that means that you have to enjoy each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think too, fun is like a muscle. I mean, like, I feel like the pandemic has gotten me and my husband out of practice and we'll go out to dinner and we'll just look at each other and we're like, now what? (laughs) That's Um, so right. You got to keep giving and and it is a practice to keep being with each other and having fun. Yeah. So, so encouragement, if it, if it hurts, keep going, keep going. (laughs) Amy and I decided at the end of 2020 that, okay, 2020 in a lot of ways was just a big dumpster fire. And it was surviving, but mm-hmm. 2021, we want to be super intentional 
about the health of our marriage. And we want to help other people do that. And so we have yeah. a 2021 marriage challenge where we're challenging people uh, to join us every single month to work on one specific aspect of their marriage. Mm-hmm. And we've got so many people that are joining us for this. It's a free thing. We don't need anything from you. We just want to help you. And one of the things that we do is we help you with like date night ideas. You know, like here's some things to freshen up, like what a date yeah. night looks like. Whether you have money or you have no money, it doesn't cost anything to hang out with your spouse except for time, like putting yeah. it on your calendar. And so that that could be something really helpful for people too, is just to have like really practical kind of ways to pursue your spouse. Yeah. And I'll link to all of that in the show notes for sure. Cause that's awesome. I think we just need a little bit of guidance. Take out the guesswork out of out of doing this. Right. Yeah. All right. So we're going to wrap up with one last question. So Jamie wrote that she believes being on a mission with your spouse is perhaps the most important aspect of a healthy, thriving, loving, Christ-honoring marriage. So what does it look like to be on mission with your spouse? Because I think just this word changes everything. It is. And I think it's like, it can be, it can sound like a churchy word. And so you're like, okay, so, you know, we have to have a a family mission statement or it can sound like, you know, a space project or something. And so (laughs) for us, one of the things, one of the questions we get often, because we're both working parents, like we both work, we both do ministry, but it looks different. Aaron's a pastor at a church. You know, I, you know, am a Christian author, podcaster, speaker. And so some people can say like, you guys are doing two very separate things. Like how do you keep aligned to each other? Mm -hmm. And the truth of the matter is, is that our our mission has always been the same. And so our mission is with everything we do in our lives, we want to make him known and give him glory. And again, very churchy, but it takes everything that you're doing and says, okay, we're on the same team here. Like we're not fighting against each other. We're not fighting different battles. And you know, that was really important to me when I was a stay-at-home mom with our kids. It was such a privilege and honor that I got to do that. I know that's not everyone's story. And there would be times where I could find myself feeling like Aaron gets to be on mission. I'm just at home with these kids, feeding them Mm. goldfish 78 times a day. And it would feel like I wasn't a part of something. But what it took was both of us realizing that our mission, no matter if I'm at home or I'm working or Aaron's on the road or Aaron's a pastor, it it never changes. It, it, you know, nothing changes about it because we still have the same mission and it just looks different uh, in different seasons. But I think sometimes couples can get caught up in feeling like one person does the most good and I'm just this, I'm just a stay-at-home mom or I'm just a banker or whatever it might be. Yeah. Instead of really believing, man, God has put you guys together to to do things together for his glory, even if it looks different on, on paper. Yeah. That's so good. That team mentality, I think is so important. Yeah. All right. So one last word of encouragement for those who are struggling with their marriage. What you got for us? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's so much I would want to say because we have so many friends that are really struggling in marriage. And if we've learned anything, you know, in 2020, we've learned marriage is hard. No one has a perfect marriage. Nobody has it all figured out on how to do everything perfectly well because it's two human beings locking arms together. And both human beings have brokenness maybe in their story or their past. So I think we know the reality, right, of what so many people are going through. And I think the best encouragement that I could give would be not to give up on the person that you um, fell in love with, because every marriage started with a deep sense of love and commitment to each other. How could I be married to anybody else but this person? And so to not give up, but to go, okay, what are all the great qualities about this person? 
How can I truly compliment those and bring those out? How can I be honest with where I'm at right now, but be fighting for the other person? Like it's so different than fighting against the other person. Mm -hmm. But it's going, I believed in you when I married you. And even though things have changed or you, you've hurt me, you wounded me, you cheated on me, whatever is in that list to go, I'm still going to fight for you mm. because I still believe in the person that you are. And that's the person that I'm married. So don't, don't give up. Don't give up. Yeah, I think that's good. Thing. I think I would also say to not live in isolation. So many times, you know, we can start to believe our own lies, you know, and our, our emotions can be deceptive and we start to believe things that aren't true about the other person, about ourselves, about our marriage. And so I would just encourage people, no matter if you're struggling or you're awesome, is to find uh, people who can look at you in the eyes and tell you what they see in you and in your marriage. Mm-hmm. Seek out biblical counseling if you need some. Like it's all part of that fighting that Aaron's talking about. But isolation is when we can start to believe things that are definitely not true about the other person, about ourselves, about our marriage. So invite some people that you trust, who you know they love God way more than they love you, and invite them to speak into your life as well. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, I love that. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. This was fantastic, and I can't wait for our listeners to listen. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. You can find Aaron and Jamie at AaronandJamieIvy.com. I'll link to the other places you can find them, plus their podcasts in the show notes. If you want to dig deeper into what we talk about on the podcast each week, check out the Build Your Best Family Facebook group. It's where we hang out with some fabulous women and we practice what we've learned. There's also encouragement, group coaching, and incredible resources there too. Remember, family culture is not about perfect, it's about purpose.